This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here getting you ready for the National League wildcard game between the Giants and Mets at City Field on Wednesday night. We have MLB.com Mets reporter Anthony DeComo and our Giants reporter Chris Haft both here on the podcast to get you ready for the game. And guys, you have the last two National League champions meeting in a one-game winner-advance-loser-go-home scenario. It's a pretty even matchup. Both teams 87-75 and 75 in the regular season. The Mets won four of seven head-to-head. That's why they get to host this thing. But it all starts, of course, with the aces on the mound in this wild card game with Madison Bumgarner going up against Noah Syndergaard. They actually met back on May 1st. The Giants won that one 6-1. to But Noah Syndergaard had his own success against this Giants team during the season. So let's start with the matchup, and I'll start with you, Anthony. Uh, Syndergaard against the Giants this year, 1-1, a 2-6-3 ERA. Um, he was great in his last start against them in August. Um, he's kind of the last of these young flamethrowers standing for the Mets at this point in the season. Do you anticipate a big effort from Syndergaard on Wednesday night? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think you can say this about any uh, top-flight pitcher, which Noah Syndergaard is, uh, which Madison Bumgarner is. Uh, if he's on and he's able to impose his will and do the things that he wants to do, uh, they're not going to hit him. And certainly the Giants can say the same thing about Bumgarner. That's just the nature of baseball, particularly October baseball, when you have some of the best pitchers in the game going. And I'd say Noah Syndergaard and Madison Bumgarner are both, you know, one, two of the ten best pitchers in the game, if not the five best pitchers in the game. So, um, you know, we all know what Noah Syndergaard brings. He can run that fastball up to – 101 miles an hour. He's got that slider that he can go 94 miles an hour with. And then, you know, some other off-speed pitches. Uh, he can generate ground balls with his sinker with the best of them. Um, but at his core, he is a strikeout pitcher, and that's what he'll be looking to do is just uh, keep the ball out of play, uh, shut down the Giants' offense completely. And if he's commanding the ball like he can, if he's hitting his spots, uh, he should be able to do that. Um, you know, that being said, it is a one-game playoff. It is a one mistake could knock you out for the season. So uh, while Terry Collins would love to ride Noah Syndergaard for seven, eight innings in this game, uh, and certainly uh, Collins has a history of leaning on his starters for long, maybe longer than he should, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them go to the bullpen in the fifth or sixth inning if things are getting hairy, if Syndergaard's pitch count, uh, which can be his enemy at times, uh, gets up there if he's not as efficient as he wants to be. Um, you know, this is Game 7 of the World Series for both of these teams. They're going to be uh, playing it to eliminate mistakes. They're going to be playing it uh, to make sure that they can survive and advance regardless of how that comes. It's not about Noah Syndergaard going out there and, and just uh, dominating. Uh, while the Mets would love to see that, uh, certainly they'll turn in another direction quickly if it comes to that. 
Syndergaard has had postseason uh, success last year, obviously, in 2015, going to the World Series with the Mets, uh, but not the same kind of success that Bumgarner's had as far as uh, sustained success in the postseason. And Chris, Bumgarner obviously kind of put this team on his shoulders in 2014, and it started with that complete game in the wild card game against the Pirates, a four-hit shutout. Um, he's been on this exact stage before as far as the wild card game goes, a game seven of the World Series where he went the distance as well. Um, is that one area where maybe he can separate himself from Syndergaard going into this game, just the fact that he's been able to throw complete games in this type of situation? I don't know if uh, necessarily separate himself from, from Noah, because I'm sure Syndergaard could, you know, have, have the potential to throw that kind of, to, to, to deliver that kind of effort. What Madison does maybe better than anybody else is treat every game the same. Now, I know that's an awful cliche, but, uh, you know, awfully, you know, overly used, but um, he is a guy who, um, you know, he'll, he'll approach a, um, gosh, he'll approach a spring training game the same as, uh, you know, a mid-season start against a division rival. That's just the kind of, uh, that's just the kind of athlete he is, uh, this mindset he possesses. And uh, so it enables him to, in a big game like tomorrow's, a, cr- a critical game, obviously, he won't, you know, the situation doesn't get too big for him. And uh, we really saw that in, um, you know, in consider- to a considerable fashion um, in 2014. I mean, you could argue that the Giants, that, that year's Giants lineup, uh, the lineup they took into the postseason was maybe one of the, um, not to get too negative here, is maybe one of the worst in, you know, in postseason annals to reach the World Series. But um, as you said, Madison put, put them on his back. I mean, it's, it's a testament to just how good he was that a team like that could win the World Series. After you get past those aces, this, these teams, despite the similar records, are, are very different in, in pretty much everything else. Um, Chris, I'm going to go back to you here. as we I talk about the bullpens a little bit, and I think the advantage there has to lean to the Mets. Um, the Giants' bullpen struggled at points this season. I know they lost nine games when leading in the ninth inning, including five in September. But it seems like when they did go to Sergio Romo late in the season to replace Casilla as far as the closer role goes, it kind of helped to settle that bullpen down a little bit. It did help a lot. I don't think they would have. Sergio saved four games between September 20th and October 1st, four straight save opportunities that he converted. And I I think there's a chance the Giants would not have uh, won the second wild card without Sergio's contributions. So yes, it was that was a key move there by Bruce Bochy. And then Anthony, as far as the Mets go, obviously Jerry's familiar is a guy they rode all last year through the postseason. Um, rode him from from day one this season. At points this year, it looked like maybe he was tiring a little bit, but he seemed to keep it going, keep it together all season long, right to the end. He sets a Mets record for saves. Um, they have arms behind him as well. Um, does that help Terry Collins? You mentioned he may go to the bullpen early if Syndergaard's pitch count gets up there. Uh, he certainly has the weapons to do that. Yeah, of course. And if you ask Jerry Familia, who's the best reliever on the Mets staff, he won't say himself. He'll say Addison Reed, who has been his setup man all year long and statistically did have a better year than Familia. That says a lot because Familia had a great year, but Reed has been, really been one of the best relievers in baseball and doesn't get talked about nearly enough, um, but the move that really solidified this bullpen and that 
took pressure off both those guys was when the Mets made that August waiver deal for Fernando Salas. Salas, excuse me. Um, that basically shortened it to what every manager wants is a is a six inning game. Uh, the Mets have the ability to do that now. Salas has been pitching the seventh inning, uh, lights out for most of August and September, and then you go to Reed, and then you go to Familia, and really, if the Mets get in a tough spot. Uh, in the wild card game or throughout October, uh, those three pitchers can combine for more than nine outs if the Mets need them to do that. Um, obviously not an ideal scenario, uh, but the Mets have a lot of faith in those three. And uh, when you stack them up against those back ends of some of the better bullpens in baseball, well, the Mets' overall numbers uh, are above average, might not be top, top in baseball. Uh, certainly those back three of Familia, Reed, and Salas uh, can match up with pretty much anyone. Both of these teams went through their share of struggles during the season, uh, different kinds of struggles. The Giants had the best record in baseball at the All-Star break, but then late in the season stumbled, second half stumbled. The Mets a month and a half ago, two months ago, looked like they were dead in the water, but somehow both these teams managed to get it together down the stretch and get to this point, get to October, and they're both teams with experienced guys who have been here before. As far as the Giants go, Chris, it really looked iffy right up until the end, but then suddenly they get home, they sweep the Dodgers four straight, and they needed to take all four of those games. What clicked in that final series of the season? Pretty, pretty much everything, Tim. Um, you know, they had not been getting timely hitting, so they started to hit with an in scoring position. The starting pitching happened a little bit inconsistent, so they had you know three guys in a row make uh, – Outstanding starts. Bumgarner, uh, Ricky Ty Block, and Matt Moore. The defense was airtight, and the, the relief pitching, which didn't have to work very hard in that Dodgers series, uh, also was uh, untouchable. So everything that had gone wrong during that second-half slump went, went well for them in the final weekend. Really, the final uh, they won five of their final six games, and during that period was when um, you know, everything started to click for them. And then, Anthony, as far as the Mets go, the injuries never stopped happening, obviously. And you look at this team now, and it's still obviously very banged up with, with none other than Syndergaard and Cologne. None of the other starters you thought you'd see here are, are in the rotation right now. But somehow this team never kind of put their heads down, and Terry Collins didn't let them uh, come up with any excuses. And they just kind of put that all behind them and, and just kept winning games down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the real uh, X factor for them was Seth Lugo and, and Robert DeSelman, who came into the rotation around mid-August and were both just dynamic starting pitchers for them down the stretch. Uh, no one saw that coming. The Mets front office, the Mets coaching staff, they did not see that coming. And that's no slight on DeSelman and Lugo, but these are guys who are, you've got a, a 13th round draft pick and a 34th round draft pick, guys who did not have prospect pedigree coming up. And really coming into this season, if you wanted to point to a trouble spot for the Mets, it was the fact that beyond their great, great starting rotation, uh, they didn't have a lot of depth. They traded away Michael Fulmer and so many other promising young arms last year for their postseason push. And they didn't really know what they were going to do if they had to dip in past Bartolo Colon and Zach Wheeler, who was supposed to come back and never did. Um, well, all of a sudden, Lugo and Gaselman stepped up and were every bit as good as the Mets could have hoped their regular starters to be. And without those two, they never would have sniffed the postseason. 
And we'll certainly see those guys if the Mets can get past this game later on in the postseason. Uh, one last thing I want from each of you guys, because it's a National League game and we may see late game moves, uh, pinch hitting for the pitcher and guys off the bench, I'd love for e each of you to select uh, a possible unsung hero that could step up in this wild card game. Maybe not one of the stars of these teams, but a guy that's lesser known that could come through with a huge moment in this wild card game to get their team through. And I'll start with you, Chris. Sorry to put you on the spot. I'm going to go with Connor Gillespie, the uh, possible starting third baseman. Um, Eduardo Nunez may still have um, his uh, hamstring problem. He could be sidelined. And Connor's, Connor has played some recent games um, played a lot of third base recently and done well both uh, on offense and with a glove. So um, if I'm if you're looking for an unsung hero, I would uh, make make him my choice. How about the Mets, Anthony? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to cop out and give you two, um, <laughs> both left-handed hitters who could come off the bench. Uh, one, you know, if the Mets make a division series, it'd probably be on the outside of the roster. Uh, looking in, but because the Mets can carry some extra bench players for this wild card game, not needing all their starting pitchers, uh, Michael Conforto could come off the bench and, and has as much power as anyone in this game capable of changing things with one swing. Um, and the other guy is a guy who, who, you know, the Mets acquired last year, played a nice role for them down the stretch, and has been even better when they acquired him again this year, and that's Kelly Johnson. Uh, just had some big hits. Uh, I know it's a cliche, but a professional hitter, that left-handed bat off the bench who really has seen every situation. He's been in so many different ones. He's been in a bunch of postseasons now, and uh, he's the guy where if you need that big hit in a tight pressure spot down the stretch, uh, he's probably the one who Terry Collins calls on first. It's Mets and Giants, the 2016 National League Wild Card game, Wednesday night from City Field. For Anthony DiComo and Chris Haft, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.